This is the Whole Mind Podcast. We are three therapists who love Jesus and want to encourage and educate you about the mind. We are Grace, Wendy, and Candace. Hello, everybody. We're so glad to be back with you. Welcome back to the Whole Mind Podcast. We are very excited. I am very excited. Mm-hmm. Grace is very excited. Unfortunately, Candace isn't here today. But she's excited. Not. She is excited. <laughs> <laughs> she's working right now, but she is excited that we're here. Um, so Candace isn't here, but we do have someone else here with us today. Um, Jenner Saint is joining us, mm-hmm. and she is one of our listeners. And um, yeah, she's going to be talking to us about adoption, about being an adoptive parent, giving you guys some good resources and knowledge on, on how to support people who are in the adoption process, what to do, what not to do. And she's going to share a little bit of her story. Hi, everybody. I'm happy to be here. We're so Hi, excited. Jenna. Yeah, it's going to be so good. Yeah. yeah. Dinner's a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> really excited for you to hear her story and glean some information and glean some um, wisdom from her. Yeah. So welcome, Jenner. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Before we do that, you all know, though, that we have gotten into a habit of asking random questions, silly questions, sometimes deep um, questions before we get started. Um, and the question that was on my mind today was, if you guys are rioting or rooting there's some debate about that um if you're really looking forward to summer staying if you want summer to stay or if you want fall to be here now i'm gonna go first because this is a question i do not need to think yeah for two seconds on fall absolutely yeah always fall um i am not a fan of pennsylvania summers (laughs) (laughs) yeah hot and humid and it just i don't like being hot and sweaty so fall absolutely give me the jeans and the sweaters and the cool nights with my windows open and lots of blankets and i'm here for it fall let's go i was just looking fondly at the sweatshirts and the pants in my closet i can't wait (laughs) i'm ready i love you yes we will be reunited soon (laughs) (laughs) i can't wait i'm i'm ready for summer to be over yeah. Oh man, I feel like we're a biased group here then. Yeah. I want fall real badly, but like I have a lot of summer lovers in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm really sorry, summer lovers, but I am really wanting fall, especially for the sweatshirts. Yep. Yeah. I hear you. I'm basically dressed <laughs> yeah, you a little are. bit for fall right now you because little... I, I want it so badly. I'm trying to will it <laughs> into submission. Well, it was beautiful this morning. It felt like fall morning. It did. Did. Like the yeah. air just had a little bit of that, yes, like, a little uh, bit of tang. You can smell it oh, coming. Crisp. Oh, I love it. I am gonna speak for Candace on this one. Yes, I believe that she would say summer. Yeah, she would so, be very sad that I we all that said she, fall. <laughs> <laughs> she, she would represent summer. So, yeah. um, and if we're wrong, Candace, correct us. I really don't think. <laughs> I don't think. I so don't. Either. I mean, if you've listened to any of our other episodes, <laughs> like her vacation spots, and like, yeah. yeah, she's a summer girl. So are you guys okay? Well, we learned yeah. that Jenner does not like coffee, so this does not apply to you. Yes. But Grace, are you a pumpkin spice latte person? Oh no! All right, high five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone who loves pumpkin. I hear spice. great things about it. Yeah, <laughs> to me, it tastes like toothpaste. Oh, <laughs> it's that's terrible. I worked as a barista. You worked yeah. as a barista, yeah. so I think like it got more hype oh. and. It just, you know, it doesn't was, hold up. It's not sustainable. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I got very annoyed at the Ugg boots coming in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You've had a traumatic experience with, with pumpkin extra spice. extra pumpkin spice, yes. And I'm like, it's not, like, no. Yeah. It's not that so, good. I, I'd make it because <laughs> that's what they ordered. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, mm, you got to try a good cup of joe here. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. okay. I say that with my, like, overly sweet honey <laughs> tea latte that I'm drinking right now, but... That's more of an experience. Yeah. <laughs> not a PSL. Anyways, we okay. like fall, but I guess not pumpkin spice. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> but you do you if <laughs> you like it. All right. Well, now that that most, you know, important question is answered, and then some, we are going to dive into adoption and all the things um, that Jenner's going to teach us about. But I want to first start with, what was your story with adoption, Jenner? How did, um, 
you get motivated, what led you to it, and just, mm-hmm. you know, all the ins and outs you experienced. Yeah. Well, I'll give you the short version all because right. the long version could be a whole podcast in <laughs> itself. <laughs> maybe um, one day. Maybe one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it started for me a long time ago, probably about 10 years before I actually pursued adoption. God really put adoption on my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, at a time that I kind of didn't understand it, you know. Um, so about I don't know, eight to 10 years later, I found myself as a 30 year old single woman thinking, well, you know, I'll just wait to adopt until I get married. And that just kept not happening. I kept not getting married. And I thought, <laughs> okay, well, what, you know, what does it look like to follow what God has asked me to do when mm-hmm. I'm, when I'm not married, when that, that plan that I've put in place for myself is not coming true. So, mm-hmm. um, God really kept putting dots in front of me to connect with, mm-hmm. with single women who had adopted. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, these women are doing it. Why can't I do it? And, um, yeah, just I, I had and I had gone to a women's conference at my church. I kind of I don't even remember what, what it was talking about, but I I came out of there just ready to go, mm-hmm. and so I actually reached out to somebody that had done it, somebody on the internet, and she gave me three pieces of advice. She said, start counseling and build your village and read a book called Just Courage, yeah. and so I did all three, and from there things just kind of moved in in the process of a standard adoption. So. I started counseling in February of 2016, and I picked my agency in May of that year. I officially became a waiting family where, you know, I've got all my paperwork done, and now someone can choose me. In uh, October of 2016, I was chosen in August of 2017. I was there to witness the beautiful birth of a baby girl, um, and then the, the mom chose to parent, so I came home wow. with with empty arms, but um, and took it took a little break from adoption and started up again. Yeah, what was that like for you? Oh, if you could like wrap that in. in a nutshell, like man, yeah, you... yeah. So I'm imagining that you were like anticipating almost yeah. like a pregnancy, like you were, and then. Not yeah. like yeah. you weren't you didn't oh. come home with a child. So. Yeah, I mean it was it was devastating for to spend months um from August to December building a relationship with the with the mom, the biological mom and and truly becoming partners and, and trying to, you know, support her was really my role at that mm-hmm. time because you know, until the paperwork is signed, it's it's not my baby. Mm-hmm. So it's really about becoming a loving support system for this expectant mom. Um, so a lesson in open-handed trust. Oh, yeah. A hard, I mean, a hard lesson wow. to learn. You know, it's a, a lot of tears, a lot mm-hmm. of tr- a lot of hardship, a lot, you know, a lot of, like, just broken heart. But also a family stayed united mm-hmm. and stayed yeah. together, and that's, that's more important. And I really feel that... That's a good perspective. That, <laughs> yeah, that's a really amazing perspective. You know, this is this is a couple years later, so it's right. it's easier to speak about it now. But I mean, that's that's what I was wrestling with at the time was trying to figure out. You know, I am I am devastated and I am brokenhearted, and at the same time, this family has stayed together, mm-hmm. and that child doesn't have to grow up apart mm-hmm. from their biological mom. So that's really that's invaluable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, but you know, after that, it took me a while to to kind of come back from that of. Do I want to do this again? Do I want to risk it again? Um, a lot of counseling sessions, a lot of tears, a lot of prayer, um, a lot of a lot of time with God of just wrestling with why did you why mm. did this happen and mm-hmm. what do I do now? Like what do you want me to do? And um, God really placed it on my heart to continue, but it took a while. I mean, that was December of 2017, <clears throat> and I didn't start again until June. The yeah. next year, I just I needed time, which is good wisdom. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was good to take time. I had a lot of healing to do, and I had a lot of questions for God that I hadn't had before. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, I started up again in June, and and through a, a complicated series of events that I don't really want I don't really want to put it on a podcast. Um, I got connected to my daughter's biological parents and. Um, they chose me in December of 2018 and my daughter was born a month later and in Utah and we were in Utah for a couple weeks and 
had a really amazing experience there and really were able to be connected with her biological parents and and still are connected with them um and now she's three and a half and (laughs) yeah it's it's been a it's been a wild ride so (laughs) That's wow. that's kind of how we, that's how we got here. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I well, I mean, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And yeah. Even you know, sharing like the low low of it as well of you know that risk. I think that every um, adoption process has yeah. of, of not getting what you expect to yeah. get. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you start again, and mm-hmm. you're wondering, is it going to happen again? Right. Is it going to? Mm-hmm. Is this? Is this going to be? Because there's no guarantees. There's when no you, guarantees when you take that first step into. Yeah a <clears throat> relationship with a yeah. biological mother. Yeah. There's no guarantees that it's going to be your baby in the end. Right. Yeah. There's no guarantees until the, the paperwork is signed. Yeah. And that happens after birth. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you you take the risk. But, and even after, it was the same thing. I mean, I was with, in, in the first disrupted adoption, I, um, I was with them for three days, almost three days, just exclusively like living at the hospital with them and mm-hmm. and taking care of them and you know it it was hard afterward to feel like why did it have to why did I have to be invested that much mm-hmm. but I will never ever regret loving them like mm-hmm. that and and being in the hospital to take care of them and That's helping beautiful. and um it it was hard yeah but it was I have, I have zero regrets wow. about that why don't yeah. you regret that hmm I, you know, I think that God placed me into their life, and I think that God was asking that of me, mm. to to love someone, and to to love, like looking back on it, and not not coming away with the daughter I thought I would have, mm-hmm. you know, to just love someone without gaining anything, and to to sacrifice wow. in that way, and Truly I don't unconditionally, <laughs> yeah, and I and I don't mean that to like say like I'm placing myself on on a pedestal. It's just. That was a love, a type of love I'd never experienced of, mm-hmm. of giving in that way. And um, to walk away not knowing, like, I don't I don't know where they're at now. I don't know how they're doing. and mm-hmm. But I, I pray for them a lot. And So you don't have any contact with them no, anymore? No, okay. we don't have any contact. And and that's that's okay. Like, that, you know, they don't need to keep me in yeah. their life. I was there yeah. for the time I needed to be there. That's what I pray. I pray that I was mm-hmm. there for the time I needed to be there and that. You know, I, I did what God asked me to do. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. That's but awesome. that does, I, you know, I think what I'm hearing you kind of allude to is, like, that's only something God can do yeah. within yeah. you. And, mm-hmm. like, like creating that type of love you never knew before. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, it really reflects him. Yeah, yeah it does. What were some, you shared some of the lows of the process. Yeah. <laughs> Deep lows. What were some yeah. of the highs of the entire adoption process? Wow. Like, what were some of the monumental? Hmm. <laughs> adoption is, is tough. It, it felt like when you're in it, it feels like there aren't a ton of highs mm-hmm. um, because it's, it's a lot of risk. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, one thing for me was just seeing uh, my support system come up around me okay. and, and see the way that my family and my friends just lifted me up mm-hmm. and, and, and held my arms up when I was too tired to do it and, mm-hmm. and kept me going. And the relationships deepened and were strengthened because we were doing this thing together. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I did it by myself in the sense that the responsibility was on my shoulders, the decisions were on my mm-hmm. shoulders, but I never once was alone wow. in the process. And that was my, my family and my friends coming around me to, to support me. Um, and another one would, would definitely be, uh, like just the way my relationship with God changed. Mm-hmm. Um, it became, it became more of a friendship. I think, I think before I felt like God was like this far away thing of, of, of watching me and, and investing in me, but not, I didn't really understand how to truly like walk with him. And this process became a, I can't do this next step without God right next to me. So Mm -hmm. I have to figure out how to do this thing with him. Mm -hmm. You know, I spent a lot of nights in my bed, just, just crying and, and wondering what is this process? Why does it have to be this hard? And also, but just like pouring my heart out to God of, Mm. it it was never a question I asked into this void. It was a question I asked to God. So it became, it just, it changed my relationship with him. And 
I had to I had to learn how to struggle with him and and how to struggle with a process that was so uncertain. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other side of it, there's such a, a history of faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And when I struggle now, I go back to that history of this is a God who shows up for me. And mm-hmm. I know I know he will again. Wow, that's incredible. I love, love that you use the word friendship. It's so mm-hmm. relational yeah. and it's like so partnering. Um, yeah, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> what was it like seeing your daughter for the first time? Oh, man, you know, she was, I was there when she was born and it is, it is a, a very odd sense to feel so connected to someone but also know this is not yet my baby wow so mm-hmm. holding her and feeling like i like looking at oh man she's just she's the be- most beautiful little girl and mm-hmm. were you the first to hold her i was okay. yeah wow and yeah it was a, a very kind thing for her biological parents to share that with me they didn't have to mm-hmm. and they they chose to and i will be forever grateful um but it, it's you, you. I felt like I held back a little bit because how do I give my whole heart to someone that I don't know who's coming that might not be coming home with me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which at the time that was the right thing to do, mm-hmm. you know. But it wouldn't have it, it for me. That was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But it's also okay to like just fully do it. I mean, I would have been devastated on the other side not not coming home with her because I was I was in. I was all in mm-hmm. with her. But it's hard to express being all in. Mm-hmm. In a space where you're just not sure yet. Yeah. You know? When it's uncertain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so on that then, like, when you found out that it was certain, like, what was that like? Yeah. Oh, that was... uh, So we we had a really good experience where um, we were actually able to stay in the hospital in our own room. And my mom was with me. So my mom and my daughter and I are in a hospital room together for a couple days. And there's a point at which in different states, like you can sign, the, the biological parents can officially sign the paperwork. Um, and so after they sign, the, the uh, agency comes to me for me to sign. And so when they walked in with the paperwork, and I was like, oh, this is actually happening. So you didn't know that parents had signed I didn't. until I like, knew it was supposed to happen like that <laughs> at that point in the day, but I didn't know when, I didn't know how long. It was just like, we were just kind of waiting. And you didn't know where they were at if we, they were oh, yeah. like, yes, absolutely. So many yes. unknowns. Yeah, so many unknowns up until the minute I'm signing a paper. Mm. And, and so when they walked in and handed me the paper, I just started bawling. I was yeah. like, okay, here we are. Like, this thing is really yeah. happening. And yeah, yeah I... It's uh, again. It's like the the good and the hard of like this is a really beautiful thing, but also I am heartbroken that this mm-hmm. is how this had to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm I'm thankful every day for for my daughter, and also sad that another family had to die for my family to exist. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's the both and of mm-hmm. adoption. That's yeah. just that's every piece of every piece of adoption. Mm-hmm. It's very is dual. Both. It's not just all yeah. or nothing. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. But yeah, what a, a beautiful moment though. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were some of the biggest lessons that you learned? Hmm. It was like top two maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> there were a lot. Um, I think I think that both and is the biggest lesson that I've learned. Mm. I mean, it, it touches every piece of adoption. Um, to to how hold the complexity in the of a moment where, you know, we're celebrating her first birthday. And we're incredibly thankful for her and couldn't imagine our lives without her. And then at the same time to think that there are people that don't get to celebrate with her and that can't be with us right now and, and missing them. And, and it's just, it's always both. It's always both. Mm -hmm. Um, Every happy moment I celebrate with her, there's someone who's not Mm -hmm. celebrating with her. And, you know, she's going to feel that someday and she's going to feel this this dual mm-hmm. reality of what adoption is and um i just pray that by the time she's feeling it we've already like and kind of growing into it herself because she already is feeling it but the time she's able to express it she's already lived it with me we've done it together mm-hmm. she knows it exists mm-hmm. um that she can know how to how to handle it when it comes up for her yeah. when i'm not there yeah that i mean that's a hard lesson that's a very difficult listen because I think yeah. we all live in like 
at least naturally for us, it's a lot easier to be black and white, yeah. all or nothing. You know, there's no gray, there's no duality, there's no and. It's more comfortable to have mm-hmm. the, the absolutes. Mm-hmm. Like, this yeah. is going to happen, or this is not going to happen. Yeah. And you don't always have that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, like, talking about families and children, like, even in a biological pregnancy, just because you have a positive test doesn't mean you're going to mm-hmm. end up with a baby on the other end. Mm-hmm. Right. Just because you were matched doesn't mean you're going to end up with a baby on the other end. Right. Right. And there's so much of that gray and in between that yeah. you have to find your rock mm-hmm. <laughs> in the yeah. nuance. You have to find what what is black and white. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for us, we believe that the Lord is black and white yeah. right. in that sense. Like he is, he is not going to change. He is always yeah. there for us. He is always loving us. When everything around us is yeah, yeah. the circumstance Un- yeah. uncertain, right? Yeah. And everything is uncertain in adoption. Yeah. I mean, there's there's nothing that you can close your fist around. Mm. You can't close it around your money. You can't close it around your timeline. Mm-hmm. You can't close it around coming home with a baby. There's, I mean, yeah. I don't think I found a certain thing yeah. in that entire process. Yeah. <laughs> and even like post, like yeah. having your daughter, you're talking about like learning that lesson of duality yeah. and and, yeah. and you mm-hmm. know, kind of like neutral thinking yeah. and now you're going to be helping her navigate that and right mm-hmm. right that duality you're yeah. not alone in doing that right doing that yeah. right Just, i mean yeah. adoption education and and learning doesn't stop once yeah. the baby's in your arms mm-hmm. i mean it's a lifelong process and we're definitely on like the tip of that it feels like you know they're a baby for so long they can't always express what's going on but i see her expressing it now mm-hmm. in ways that she doesn't understand yet and yeah, so it's my job wish those kids would just stay <laughs> in that little like don't express <laughs> yes, your yes, your food. <laughs> yes please just take a nap yeah um yeah but i it's my job as her mom to help her like interpret that yeah. and and talk through it um yeah, and yeah. what you've learned, like that lesson, is a gift for her. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, but that yeah comes, I'm sure, with highs and lows. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the lows don't outweigh the highs, mm. and the highs don't outweigh the lows. Like the, it's it's not just this this beautiful thing because I I have a daughter. Mm-hmm. It's it's a a beautiful journey because of what came from it. Mm-hmm. Outside of just having a kid, now it's like yeah. the growth and the learning and the relationship with God, it's mm-hmm. all of that yeah. is, is so worth it. Well, I think of like how adoption like is God's heart, like mm-hmm. just like all the symbolism and meaning and actual adoption that is in the Bible and like through, mm-hmm. you know, like the Old Testament to the New Testament where it's, it's just like, you know, you know, like our story is Christians almost but then also like God's heart for mm-hmm. for a, people to be brought into family. So yeah. like you were not part of my family, and I invite you in, mm-hmm. and now you are part of my family. Yeah. And there is inclusion and love and security. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, yeah. Mm-hmm. he's given the orphan heart a name. You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. all those yeah. verses and songs. But yeah, it's really yeah. parallels. Yeah. So Jenner, I want to kind of move into possibly the bulk of our <laughs> episode. <laughs> yeah. um, Tell us about support. So this is, so for our listeners, this is what I hope that they can learn the most and glean the most from you. Tell us about support, how you were supported, what you needed, what more you needed from your support system and how we, as you know, those of us who aren't adoptive parents, how we can support those who are Mm -hmm. adoptive parents or looking to become adoptive parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to open that door wide open (laughs) and... (laughs) Yeah, I, I, so the first thing I think would be asking questions, like learning to be a good asker of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much to learn. I When I first started the process, I feel like, you know, you hear about adoption in a lot of different mm-hmm. avenues in your life. And I thought, well, I know a lot about it. Like, mm-hmm. I'll be fine. I'm going to figure this out. And famous last word yeah (laughs) yeah and then the and then the giant binder of paperwork gets put in your lap and you're like oh Oh, okay i'm not fine (laughs) yeah (laughs) no longer am i fine um so i i think that the people you know the people in my life really supported me by asking questions and checking in with me and and wondering like what's going on and what part of the process i'm in and, and how can they help and where do I need support? And and also just just a check-in mm. is always helpful mm-hmm. because I was learning it 
in front of everybody. Like, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I mean, now if I went into it again, it would be a little different. But I'd never done this. And there's just so much to know. And it becomes so technical Mm -hmm. that sometimes it feels like you're losing sight of the ultimate goal. Because it's the checklist yes. or the, the do Get this, it, this, yep. this, Getting this. all your clearances, oh, filling this gotcha. giant paperwork out, talking to a lawyer, like getting yeah. your house checked. I mean, there's just a million steps that come before mm-hmm. the, the thing you're truly working for. Mm-hmm. So checking in and asking questions and being a good listener mm-hmm. and not always giving advice, not always giving your opinion. It Sometimes you just need to be heard and listened to. Mm-hmm. And so having people in your life that will just check in without always giving you their opinion is mm. is really, really helpful. I'd imagine, especially those who haven't gone through it, yeah. <laughs> giving yeah. an opinion. And it's okay. Like, we, I want to know. Like, I want to know what my family thinks, and I want to know their opinions. And But there are some days when the process is just heavy, mm-hmm. and the last thing you need is someone giving you advice on what agency to look for when you spent hours Mm -hmm. researching agencies and making phone calls and talking to people. I mean, it took me months Mm -hmm. to make that choice. So then when people are kind of second guessing it, I'm like, Oh, you don't, you don't know how long I've been making this decision. Like, let don't, don't put doubt in place here. I've worked Mm -hmm. so hard to get to this moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's such a good point. Cause we, as friends, support system, family members have the ability, you know, kind of cliche to speak life or speak, doubt death you Mm -hmm. know like um and so yeah that's a good thing to be mindful of is like what does it look like to speak life to someone who's going through this process yeah and maybe that's not always speaking yeah 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 um what else yeah um be comfortable with being uncomfortable you know as I was saying like adoption is both and but that's not just for me and my daughter Mm. that's for the people in our life um you have to you have to be able to do both. So a lot of the ways that my friends and my family supported me was just by saying, yeah, that's really hard. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, I can understand why you're struggling with that. Um, so it, it's just being uncomfortable and not always feeling like we just have to put a positive spin on it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I would say, in the in the Christian world, we can be very, like, you know, it is God's heart, right? But we can use that to gloss over the hard of something Mm -hmm. and to to dismiss it spiritual bypassing spiritual bypassing yeah yeah we can use that sometimes and you know it's okay for the adopted parent to be struggling Mm -hmm. there are decisions that they never thought they'd have to make i mean you have to choose on your paperwork whether you are open to multiple races you have to choose Mm -hmm. if you want a boy or a girl you have to choose what age there it feels odd Mm -hmm. it feels like a decision that you shouldn't be making because Mm -hmm. this is not how people have kids you know it's it's like it's so it's so different Mm -hmm. to everything that you probably knew prior to adoption expectations yeah 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 Yeah. so it's helpful when your friends and your family and your your inner circle are just okay with that and okay with the struggle Mm -hmm. of it and I'm kind of hearing you say too, like as supportive people don't try to fix it for you Mm -hmm. like just just sit with the yeah, the uncomfortable, and don't try to make it better. Yeah. Like, yeah. let it be uncomfortable for you. Right, yeah, because it just is. Sometimes it yeah. just is. Right. I mean, it's nice to have encouragement, but, but yeah, sometimes it's, that's just it. Encouragement that probably actually meets you where you're at. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I'm sure it's, like, a learning curve to, like, kind of give people the benefit of the doubt and try not to take on what people are saying, but at the same time, mm-hmm. like, if you're getting that every single moment, if yeah. people are trying to fix things, if they're not letting you yeah. experience your sorrow and your suffering, like, truly you went through yeah. some suffering with this. Right. And, um you know, that's really actually not <laughs> being Jesus to someone else. Right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, I don't know, for me as a person who's sport- supporting someone who's going through something that I'm not going through, whatever that might be, if I feel like a tension of wanting to fix it, that's more about me mm. than it is about the person. So, like, mm. I think it's just important for us as, like, friends, family, support people to take, like, a mindful moment and just be like, why do I want to fix this? Like, why is mm. this such an urge? Where is that coming from? And, like, is that what God's calling me to in this moment? Like, you really do have to be mindful about that because I think all of us want to, like, help people so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can come across as not really 
sitting with and, and allowing mm-hmm. and giving permission to suffering. So that's a really good point. Yeah. yeah. Just and a that, quick check in for all your listeners. <laughs> that idea <laughs> applies to every area of life. Like as you were talking, I was going through like parenting me to my son, mm-hmm. um, marriage mm-hmm. me to Phil, you know, and every part of my life, like if someone is uncomfortable, if someone brings something to me, I just need to sit in the uncomfortable. So, oh, that's another yeah. episode that we could talk about. <laughs> Tangent. Here we go. There's lots of episodes um, we could do with that. Yeah, <laughs> but that's really good. Like mm-hmm. not trying to fix it. Yeah, not trying to make it better because that reflects more on us than. Well, and that person. just goes to your point. Like, be uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. With the people you want to support that are going through the adoption process, and um, yeah. know that that means a lot to them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Back on track here, Jenner. <laughs> I know you have a lot more of really gold information to share with us about supporting adoptive parents. What else do you recommend? Um, if you're in the inner circle, I recommend educating yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you mean by inner circle? The quick? Well, so when I was going through the process, I had people that were up to date on every step. Yeah. So okay. lots of people knew that I was in the process, mm-hmm. but I had a, a group of family and friends that knew exactly where I was, exactly what I was working on, mm-hmm. and what my next milestone was. Okay. Um, so the, they would be you know, my, my inner circle. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, there's a, there's just so much to learn. There's so much to learn, um, and educate yourself on. And so the adoptive, the perspective adoptive parents play that role in a lot of people's lives of sharing what they're learning and educating the people around them. So if you can take that on and you can say, Hey, what book are you reading that I would like, I could like to, wow. wait. What, what book are you reading that I should be reading to? Yeah. What are you listening to that I should be listening to? I want to learn with you. I want to update my knowledge. Um, because that's that's part of this as well as updating outdated knowledge. There's mm. a lot of oh. there's a lot of ideas and thoughts about adoption that through time we have learned are untrue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like, are you okay sharing some? Yeah. So one of them is that closed adoptions are best. That's actually not best. Um, They're less scary because there's no, there's no relationship with a biological family. So it feels clean. It feels like a clean break, Mm -hmm. but that serves the adoptive parents. That doesn't actually serve the child. child. So that's one of those things that I've learned through reading books and listening to adoptees and, and listening to other voices. That's a good point. Listening to adoptees. Yes. Listening to the people who have gone through Mm -hmm. it, who have lived it, what their experience was like gleaning and reaping from yeah. them not yeah. just the adoptive parents right or like previous ad- other right. adoptive parents right listening really to all one. all sides they call it the adoption triad the adoptive mm-hmm. parents yeah. the adoptee and the biological, the biological family listening to all sides of the triad because yeah i mean these these kids now adults have gone through this yeah. they've they've lived the experience that your future child is going to live to a certain extent mm-hmm. um and they have feelings about it and they share them which is very yeah. gracious of them yeah. yeah um and they're not always clean and but but there's pieces of this that go back to just this education of just mm-hmm. learning and being a lifelong learner i mean my daughter's three and a half and i'm still learning i'm still reading books i'm mm-hmm. still educating myself on what this looks like for her and how how i can help her and, and support her um so that's that's one of those things, the closed adoption, but also the language, um, educating yourself on on current adoptive language, because we don't want to say gave up that these these this woman gave up her baby. We want to mm. say she made a plan, she made an adoption plan, or she placed her child for adoption, mm-hmm. because you know for some people that that term gave up just sounds this nonchalant thing not you know like it, it wasn't a big deal or she just for adoption. yeah yeah so we we want to use language that that honors the birth family yeah, yeah. um I, said, I would imagine that also honors like the child too mm-hmm. yeah you know but yeah. if you're using intentional language it says like well this was um something she planned and like something that was um like a decision that she made for like betterment you know like I can imagine that being helpful I'm sure it's not like everything I'm sure there's still things to work through but like Mm -hmm. I can imagine that being much better than other outdated language right right yeah and taking the time to to do that research alongside the prospective adoptive parents is is honestly it's just invaluable Mm. 
earlier before we start recording you mentioned um something about holding the excitement for the adoptive parent yeah tell us more about that yeah this was something i learned um as things got really hard i you know when when everything feels risky and it feels like if i if i hope too much or if i if i go too much i'm i'm not going to recover from mm-hmm. a loss right like mm-hmm. it just is also it's also risky and so i had people in my life who were just so excited for me and when at a time when I struggled to feel excited, yeah. um, when I, you know, when I was chosen um, for my, you know, my daughter in December, I had four weeks before she was born. And those four weeks were, yeah, they yeah. blew by and yeah. also were very slow and hard because yeah. I just thought, am I walking into the same situation that I was in before? Like right. what, you know, right. um, but I also I had people in my life who were buying baby clothes and and thinking about what it was going to be like afterward and and holding on to that excitement of motherhood and family for me mm-hmm. and and kind of carrying it and I I saw it at the time as okay I can't have it right now but I'm passing the baton to you and I'm going to trust you with this excitement mm. and then I'll take it back when I'm, <laughs> yeah. when I'm ready yeah. and we'll all be excited. Like um, so is that but, something that you kind of had to choose to let them carry for you? Like, yeah. like mm. I can't carry yeah. this right now. Like you do this for me. And yeah. then, yeah. And it was never something that was communicated, but I know yeah. I had times when I like was realizing that, that mm-hmm. this was something that I can't carry right now, but I see my friends and my family holding mm-hmm. on to it for me. And I'm just going to let them have it. Yeah, um, yeah and, it, and it took a, a burden off because I think when you're you're expecting a child that people have this um, maybe perception that you're just going to be happy. You're just going to be excited. Mm-hmm. And so it can almost feel like a, a burden. To be like, why am I not excited? Yeah. Should I be? Like, what's what's going on here? Um, oh, so letting yeah. other people have that was, is a, a bit of a freedom of... I don't have to do this right now because I can't do everything, mm-hmm. and yeah. I have other things that I'm that I'm working on. It's much more complex for you. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah. I, I really like that picture and just like the wording of like letting them hold it for you. Yeah. And when you've worked through those complexities and yeah, all the things that go with that, taking yeah. that back. Yeah. yeah. I say that a lot to, to my clients, especially in marriage, in couple sessions, like. I know you might not be able to see the hope for your relationship, yeah. but let me hold that for you. Like yeah. I will be hopeful for mm-hmm. you yeah. while you can't be hopeful yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. But you need to let me be hopeful. Yeah, I mm-hmm. can borrow that from me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah. Or at least rem- be reminded that I see that for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I think too, with that, you know, the, the worry and the fear that I carry wasn't just carried by me, my, my family and friends, did have those worries as well, um, that we were going to do this thing again and we were all going to be brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. Um, but they still, they still held on to that for yeah. me, you know, yeah. in the midst of it. So it was really, really helpful. Yeah. I love that. I, I feel like that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, ways to show support. Yeah. 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 And I think, um, one thing to, to add to that is in that process in adoption is just risky. It just feels you're emotionally risky, you're financially risky. And, and sometimes it can be, you know, it's not just the prospective adoptive parent that feels that. Um, but it just being careful when you add your own fear to that mm. conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, when the, the second placement, I kept, I kept it very, I didn't tell people that this was going to happen, that okay. maybe this was going to happen. Um, I kept it to me and my inner circle. And Sometimes in those conversations, I, I felt like I was I was consoling my family and my friends mm. because they were worried about me. And I, you know, I don't want them to worry about me. But, you know, I also could use some some caring. Some like, consoling. <laughs> some consoling. Okay, guys, so, you're yeah. supposed to be here for me, not yeah. me for you. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's a fair thing. I, I mean, I didn't, you know, we were all doing it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just one thing to be aware of is be careful when you're, you're adding your own fear. Mm-hmm. To a conversation, um, just kind of considering where they're at, where this adoptive parent is at. Do they need to hear what I'm what I'm fearful of, and can I can I just take that on my own? Can I carry that by myself, or or talk about another friend or someone else in the inner circle and mm-hmm. kind of share the burden sideways instead of giving it yeah. back to the to the hopeful parent? Yeah. Well, 
Well, and this is not kind of related to the inner circle because, uh, you know, a lot of this I'm hearing is like with your inner circle, Mm -hmm. but like, this is a little bit of a tangent too, (laughs) but I mean, what was it like when like people like acquaintances would say stuff like that, like adding to the fears? Because I feel like that's probably where you're going to hear it the most, just kind of like the innocent bystanders, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, But I don't know. What was that like? How did you handle that? I think in the beginning I didn't understand when to say no to mm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a very, can be a very public process. Um, and so there are a lot of people with questions and I, I think that's natural. I think, I think it's okay. It would be nice if people thought through their questions a little <laughs> bit, but it's, you're going to be in a position where people are asking you questions that maybe you don't want to hear. And in the beginning I would answer them and then I would regret it later. Oh, and I yeah. think I shared okay. something I shouldn't have shared or, I didn't need to answer that question or, you know, I didn't need to put myself in that position. And so over time, I've learned to just say, you know, that's not something I'm sharing mm-hmm. or, Good you know, thank you. you. Thank you for asking. But that's not something I, I share with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that because those are the hard ones mm-hmm. when when someone who's not really like in the journey with you questions your decisions or what you're doing or how you've made the decision you've made it, it kind of can feel like a slap in the face of yeah. like, you have not even seen everything I've done to get to this moment. Mm-hmm. You have no idea that the question you're asking is, is hurtful. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's a lot of that. There's a, because adoption can be so public. There's a lot of questions that people ask that they just have no right to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think though, as the, the hopeful adoptive parent, you have to learn your boundaries. You have to learn when to just say no and just say, I'm not sharing that. Mm-hmm. And be okay with the uncomfortable because it's going to throw people off. Yeah. And they're not going to quite know what to do when you say no mm-hmm. because they're not used to that. Mm-hmm. So you have to be okay in that mm-hmm. scenario right. with just letting letting people be uncomfortable and then maybe just quickly changing the subject. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's not really something I'm willing to share. So, what have you done lately? Right. Oh, yeah. vacation, you know? Yes, exactly. Do you like cheese. <laughs> what kind of cheese is your yeah. favorite cheese? I'm gonna say that one for later. I'm gonna ask somebody that. Yeah, it's yeah, a good segue. <laughs> Lesson learned. But yeah, I really love that the the boundaries is like the kind of the jucks of like yeah. how you handled that with you know people acquaintances Mm -hmm. i don't know church work you know anyone that's out of the inner circle um and and that's absolutely true of any boundary is like we can't control how people respond to them right we can't control what makes them feel good or if they like it or they understand it yeah but you know holding that tension for yourself of like i'm honoring myself and respecting myself mm-hmm. obviously we're trying not to be jerks with boundaries <laughs> like what you said like, like thanks for asking but like i'm just not comfortable i'm not sharing yeah. that right now you yeah. don't just slap them and walk away and never right. ever talk to them again like <laughs> right. you but you're respectful in mm-hmm. how you set the boundary and then respectful yeah. in the follow-up of mm-hmm. still having a relationship with them um yeah, and I, I would add to that, too, uh, or another another thing would be just helping the adoptive parents with celebrating milestones. Mm. Um, the milestones can feel really small when the hope is having a child, and things in between can just feel in, inconsequential, and they're not. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had things I, I purchased along the way. Like, when I chose my agency, I purchased a, a onesie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just a tiny little onesie and three, I think it was three years later, my daughter came home from the hospital and that, and that onesie that I held on to for three years as, as a milestone as, yeah. you know, so that's, that's something that you can really help them with. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you just turned in your home study. How are you going to celebrate? What are you going to do? Even if it's just a dinner out or a long bath, like mm-hmm. what is something special you're going to do? to celebrate because it feels like you get to that milestone you just have 18 other things behind it mm-hmm. um so helping them celebrate along the way or hey you just turned in your home study i got you this onesie yeah you know so i like how that's celebrating the milestone but also like staking claim mm-hmm. in god's mm-hmm. what god's called you to his promises and his faithfulness yeah. like okay god because you you knew that this was a calling from the lord yeah. so like yeah you you were able to say i am buying this stroller Mm-hmm. And 
a step of of trust and yeah. that God is faithful and yeah. God did promise me this and I'm going to take this step even when everything else around yeah. me feels like it's crumbling right. or right. feels like it's so hard. Yeah, and I'll tell you so what, when celebrating you celebrating unfaithfulness. Right. And when you put your kid in that little onesie yeah. that you bought three I can't years imagine, ago, it, it is it is beyond. I mean, there were oh shirts that gosh. I bought for her when she, so that she would be like wearing them when she was like a year old. And I put yeah. it on and I'm like, I bought that for you before I knew you existed. Wow. Because, and it's just this moment of celebration. Yeah. It's just a little t-shirt. But, but it means so much. Yeah. It means so much. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Love it. Um, another suggestion would be donating to a fundraiser without asking anything in return. Mm. Um, a lot of adoptive families hold like raffles or they, they make things. And I think there's a lot of value in that. I did that as well. But there's a lot of pressure that comes with raising money uh, for an adoption on top of getting your house ready, getting your family ready, getting yourself ready. Yeah. Um, so the biggest gift that people gave me sometimes was just donating mm-hmm. without expectation. And that's mm-hmm. the way as that's how, how I support people now. Mm-hmm. Like without buying something yep. or without mm-hmm. like just, yeah. I mean, most people have some sort yeah. of page where you can just send them cash. And mm-hmm. that was yeah. such a gift to me at the time. Yeah. Like I said, the other stuff is so valuable and so helpful yeah. to do as well. But, um, yeah, and that's as an as an adoptive parent, that's how I choose to support people. When I see you mm-hmm. have a fundraiser, I'm just going to give you cash mm-hmm. because I that's what I experienced and I know what a gift that can be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a very practical thing to do. So yeah. maybe someone listening who doesn't have as much of the relational time mm-hmm. to really spend with an adoptive parent, but you might have the the resources. Even I'm guessing, even like the one dollar, five dollar yeah. donations. Yeah, yeah. everything helps. So even if the finances are small, it sends and it sends a message too. Mm-hmm. It right. sends a message of yeah. support, not just a financial yeah. support, yeah. but a message of like, hey, I, I see you and yeah. I got this. Yeah. I would imagine anyway. Yes. I'm not. Well, it feels like a message you, of trust. Like mm, I trust the journey yeah. you're on, and I'm just going to give to you without yeah. expecting anything in return. Yeah. So it's a really it's a really kind gift. Anything else? Uh, this, this last one is probably the most important. So hopefully people people stuck stuck around with us. We probably should have put this one first. Um, but it's a good one to end on, I think, um, is don't share what's not yours to share. And Mm -hmm. this is, this is so important. This honors the adoptee and it honors their family. And there's nothing more important than that. Um, it's just keeping private what's private. Uh, with our situation, we don't like there are people in my life, like my inner circle, as I've talked about a lot, but mm-hmm. they know my daughter's story. They know where she came from. They know why um, her biological family made this choice. But outside of that, it's no one else's business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the people that I trust that story to, they need to hold it onto it. It honors it just it it honors my daughter and it honors her family and there's nothing more valuable. Mm-hmm. Can't say that enough. Honestly, mm-hmm. I can't say it enough. Um, you know, and I I am a single woman and you know we are in a small town, a small community, and I don't have a wedding ring on my finger. And so, when people see me with my daughter, they probably make assumptions about mm-hmm. my life and my choices, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. They're allowed to make those assumptions. I am okay with people making assumptions because my daughter's adoption is none of their business. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds really strong. It can come across really maybe uh, mean, but it's just not their story. It's Mm -hmm. hers first, and she is too young to understand it. And so I don't give it away to someone else. Mm -hmm. And that feeling of of just letting people make assumptions about me, that has to extend to the people around me as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't have a friend with me saying, well, her daughter was adopted, like that. No, that's not, it's not on the table. Um, A lot of people who know me probably don't know that I, if they've met me after my daughter was born, they probably don't know because it's not, it's not on the table for Mm -hmm. other people. So it's just really, it's really important because again, it belongs to her first. Mm -hmm. It's her story. And as we go through life, she will learn her entire story. I'm not going to, we're not going to sugarcoat things, Mm -hmm. but She'll learn it as she's able to, as she mm-hmm. grows. And when she's ready, she gets to share that with people yeah. if she wants to. Yeah. Um, so it's just really, really important mm-hmm. to, to hold that close and to honor the people that are all parts of the story. Because we love, we love her biological family. 
and we want to care for them and mm-hmm. honor them and we don't want anyone making assumptions yeah. um, about her and her biological family so yeah it's just really important yeah I that's beautiful and I I feel like I learned something in, mm-hmm. in hearing you say that that I wouldn't have considered before but makes yeah. absolute sense to me Um, I just really appreciate like that insight. So yeah, Yeah. I hope you guys really, I I, I feel chills like listening to that. So I hope that you guys really learned and and feel similar to me in that. Um, do you feel like not broadcasting that she's adopted will also help shape her identity around Christ and not around being adopted that like, then she is not, her identity isn't adopted Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. I think that is part of it. I mean, we this is part of her story. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of her story, mm-hmm. but it is not the only part of her mm-hmm. story. It's not who she is. It's not it's who not she is. Yeah. daughter, the adopted girl. Yeah, like we don't we don't introduce people by their trauma. Yeah, right. right? I mean, yeah. it, it is a part of her life that's going to inform things for her. Mm-hmm. But it it is a yeah. I mean, she gets to wrestle with that as she wants yeah. to and as she decides to and until she can make the decision for herself I have to make the decisions for her mm-hmm. um, so it's it's being guarded and, and yeah not letting that just like it just opens the door for assumptions yeah. and it, it puts her in a position too where people are going to ask questions they shouldn't ask mm-hmm. and and step over boundaries they shouldn't step over so it's a it's a level of protection yeah, as well good. of taking care of her mm-hmm. which is like mama's heart you mm-hmm. know like that's mm-hmm. And that's important for every kid, and it looks different for every kid. Jenner, I feel like all of this stuff that you shared with us is so invaluable, and I really hope people hang on to this information. Um, I know a a big part of your story, like on your end of it, Mm -hmm. talking about like your daughter's story versus yours, um, yours being that you are a single adoptive parent, a Mm -hmm. single adoptive mom. Um, Is there anything specific to being single adoptive parent, not just adoptive parent as a whole, that you would like to communicate to our listeners or, um, you know, that was hard for you, ways that you needed more support, like, Mm -hmm. or ways that that impact, being single impacted your adoptive experience. Like, um, again, I kind of want to open that door and see if there's anything else there that you want to share. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think there were some specific highs and lows related to being single, um, there were things about it that are easier. I'm not, I wasn't waiting for a spouse to be ready. I wasn't waiting mm-hmm. for other people to make decisions. I kept the the pace moving. It was, it's up to me. So, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't waiting on anyone else. Uh, and I, and don't, yeah. I don't know that necessarily that's a problem everyone has, but I, I saw that as like, okay, well I just keep this moving at my own pace mm-hmm. and I, I can, I can do this. Um, I had a couple of, uh, odd experiences with, with doing it as a single woman. Um, but mostly the, the thing I noticed was, was just needing more support in from, from my family and friends Mm -hmm. of checking in with me and asking how they could help and, and really being that support system because there was no one else doing the process with me Mm -hmm. in an intimate way and, and making decisions with me. So I really did rely on my family and friends to be my sounding board and mm-hmm. to talk things out with me and, and check in and see how I'm doing and, and ask if they can come over and help me get the house ready. I mean, mm-hmm. just, just even the little things like that um, weren't, weren't little yeah. when you're doing it by yourself because it's, it's a big burden to carry. Yeah, maybe a little bit more weight on your village. Like yes. It takes a village yes. to raise a child, absolutely. Right. right, And for you, maybe there's a little bit more yeah. weight on that. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Awesome. Okay, so what are some books? I I want you to kind of throw out some books that you know of that mm-hmm. really helped you, or resources, you know, podcasts, yeah. anything else, not just books. But um, we'll also link it in the show notes so you guys can go back and and refer yeah. to that. But yeah. give us some resources. Yeah. So there's one that I found after I did everything. That's called "Before You Adopt: A Guide to Questions You Should Be Asking." <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, I found it later, but Before I recommend it to people because it helps you process through the decision you're making because mm-hmm. there are different routes to adoption. So it can help you find which one makes the most sense for you. And, and I think it can bring to light maybe things you need to work on before mm-hmm. you start the process. So I see value. That I didn't get to utilize it because it okay. didn't exist, but Who's I kind of wish I. Uh, Krista Jordan. Okay. 
Yeah. And uh, I read a memoir from an adoptee that's called All You Can Ever Know by Nicole Chung. And that was incredible um, just to hear from an adoptee. I mean, the adoptee voices are are so valuable in this process. So that memoir, it's short and it didn't, doesn't take long to read. So I highly recommend it. Okay. Um, 20 Things Adopted Kids Wish Their Adopted Parents Knew by Sherry Eldridge. She's also an adoptee. Okay. Um, she There's a there's a a pair um what's the word i'm looking for there's a book that there's another book that she wrote that goes along with that has a similar title that i'm totally blanking on right now um but it's it's very good her her books are very good i read it as well and i'm just totally blanking that's right um the primal wound by nancy Mm -hmm. newton verrier i'm not sure how you say her last name but the primal wound Mm -hmm. it's really good that was a very eye-opening book for me because it talks a lot about trauma and i think there's a uh, an assumption that kids who are adopted at birth don't experience trauma. Oh. And I've heard that assumption a lot wow. over my journey um, or that they experience less trauma or mm-hmm. it just whatever. So her book is very good and very eye opening when it comes to trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that it's not a Christian resource. So it, it lacks the hope of Christ, which, which is tough, but, um, but it's, it doesn't, that doesn't negate from the truth of it. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. still, it's very good book. Yeah. It's a very hard read, but okay. it's very worthwhile. Wow. Um, and then pretty much anything by Karen Purvis. Uh, but I <laughs> highly recommend the connected child. Um, she has a lot of very practical strategies for raising. I think she calls it raising kids from hard places. Okay. So her books don't just speak to adoption, but they do, they do speak to adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm in the process right now too, of reading the connected parent. So it's, it's a very good book um, and very practical. So I, I highly recommend all of those books. Perfect. Yeah. And there's podcasts and Instagram accounts. And yeah. there's just, with the internet, there's information at your fingertips. You will find what you, you want will to find know. It. <laughs> and, and you will find things that, you, that, that make you nervous, that you feel like mm-hmm. you don't agree with, that you feel like are like, oh, that person's just wrong about all of this. But the voices are valuable. So don't dismiss the things that make you uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, especially adoptees. Like listening to adoptees can be hard um, just because they, they've experienced it mm-hmm. and they, they're not all shy about telling you how they really feel. Yeah, um, so that can make you a little uncomfortable, but lean into uncomfortable because yeah. adoption can just, it, the whole thing can be uncomfortable. So, And the more uncomfortable you are up front, mm-hmm. the more prepared you are yes. in the long run, Yeah, I would assume. Yes. Yeah. You have to be ready to do that with yeah. your kid, right? Yeah. 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 Definitely. Jenner, thank you so much. I have loved today. I have loved hearing from you, hearing your story, hearing your golden wisdom, <laughs> resources, <laughs> um, advice, ways that we can support. Um, I just, yeah, I think this is invaluable. So yeah, thank you so much for being willing to come on, yeah. being willing to put your voice out there. Um, well, thank you for having to me. share your story. And um, yeah, thank you for listening too yeah. <laughs> as well. <laughs> Um, yeah, I have loved today. We've, we've really enjoyed today. So, um, anything else you want to wrap up with or what? Yeah. I mean, just thanks for the opportunity to talk. I, I'm really passionate about adoption and continuing the education and, and sharing all the things I've learned, some things the hard way. So I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk about it and to put it out there. And, you know, I just, I can only speak to my story. I know there's probably people who would listen that don't agree with everything I've said Mm or, or have a different experience. And I don't, you know, my experience is not the only one. So even if you're not the inner circle, like get out there and and listen to other people. Are you open to people reaching out to you if they are interested in adopting or maybe a single person interested? Like, are you open to talking to people? Yeah, I'm very open to that. I I think it would do it through, through the whole mind podcast. People would reach out to you guys and then you could connect them to me. I would, I would love, I love doing that. Um, I had a lot of people in my life who, who shared their stories and Mm -hmm. their process and their, their lessons learned with me Mm -hmm. when I was in the journey. And I like to pay that forward any chance I can get. So yeah, I'd be happy to talk to anybody, especially uh, someone who's single, if mm-hmm. you are considering it and you have questions, mm-hmm. please reach out. Awesome. I would love to talk to you. So if you, um, if you kind of <laughs> vibe with what Jenner is saying, if, if you want to talk to her more, if you want more information from her, 
Um, reach out to us at the whole mind podcast at gmail.com. Um, Instagram at the whole mind podcast. Um, I think that's all we have. <laughs> Instagram not on TikTok? <laughs> no, not on TikTok. <laughs> not yet. If anyone wants to be our free social media manager, please let us know. <laughs> we would love I would that. like to see we, you guys on TikTok. We cannot pay you. Not that I have TikTok, but I would like to see you on TikTok. <laughs> I don't know how to TikTok. I'm, I'm too old I'm for 32. TikTok. I don't TikTok. I still Facebook. <laughs> I don't TikTok. Oh, man. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Jenner. Love it. Um, we will see you next time. Wow, guys. I am just so, so thankful to have had that time to talk with Jenner and learn from her and hear her beautiful story. Um, and I hope that you learned so much as well. One thing um, that we wanted to add after thinking back on the conversation, Jenner wanted to mention that um, research does show that open adoption is best for all sides of the triad that she mentioned earlier, but it's important to note that it's not always possible or healthy under certain circumstances, so take that into consideration. Um, If you're in the adoption process, she really really um, encourages you to be open to open adoption, Um, but there are definitely certain circumstances where that's not always possible. All right, well, that's now officially all from us. Thanks for listening.